Snap No Tap podcast. I'm Tony Cicchini, along with the one and only, the living legend, uh, or as he likes to be called, the greatest human being that ever lived, uh, Joe Cardinal. He's always here. We got a, a very, very special guest, a uh, uh, personal mentor of Artie Grubba. We'll, we'll get, we'll, Artie will do all the introductions there. But um, uh, how you doing, Joe? Well, man, today was a great day. Um I spent today doing my taxes and nothing gets you more amped up for a podcast and making you feel patriotic and like a tackle the world and spending like a few hours plugging numbers into a, a website. So I, I couldn't be better. I'm on top of the world, Tony. How about you? Yeah, well, I got to see you yesterday, you know, um, at the little workshop thing where we actually got to do some nice filming for the membership site. Um, the subject, the topic of uh, dealing with strikes and wrestling uh, takedowns and positives and negatives was really good. I'm glad that he that Aaron brought that subject up because I actually used that in today's seminar where Artie was at one point of it, talking about it. Um, and on that note, yes, we are definitely locked in for our next seminar, which is March, the weekend of the 18th. Um, at Bender's Martial Arts and Fitness, unless something changes there, but definitely the 19th at DuPage Krav Maga um, off of uh, North Avenue there in Glen Ellen, uh, on the cusp of Glen Ellen in, in Downers Grove, Illinois, um, with the with the Krav Maga guys who are just, just a great bunch. They're gelling. They're all black belts. They're all instructors, and they're so open to wanting to wrestle and getting getting out of the BJJ way, where you can be more proactive and more control oriented and more vicious and so on. They're just nice guys. Um, so yeah, uh, it was good to see Artie today. Always, um, and I got to meet Artie's lovely wife, who did some filming, um, which was just uh, a pleasant pleasantry. Um, so yeah, updates. I wasn't moving so well today because of this gut thing, but that'll be be all gone by next by next seminar next month because of the surgery or will already have, have come and gone let's let's hope let's not would that there's no you know things tend to never go as planned especially when you got doctors involved um but yeah outside of that i'm anxious to get to this guest today joe is there anything that you need to add before we introduce this guy who's a great, great great wrestler yeah, I'm very excited to get to uh, to Michael as well. But um, just remember, 
You can buy digital downloads from Tony's website. So all his videos and instructions are just available just a couple of clicks away and you can have it right there, which is a great way to get introduced to his system. Or if you've already aware you know, of Tony through other means, it's a great way to help contribute. And of course, at a minimum, we always ask if you're a fan of the podcast, if you're a listener and follower. I mean, we've done well over 100 of these. And we know a lot of people are uh, appreciating the content we put out there is join our monthly membership. So we have two levels of the mem- membership. Uh, the, the initial membership for the $10 a month, you get that additional video content. And like Tony mentioned, that some of the stuff we're filming from seminars there, you know, as questions come up. So this is not stuff you can get elsewhere. You're not going to be able to download it somewhere or purchase it other ways. It's just through the membership. And then there's, a, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. But I want to add something when you're done. And then we have the $5 uh, level, which is just kind of a thank you saying, hey, we appreciate what you guys are doing, what you're putting out there and that you're fans of the show and you want to help the coach out. So that's it. So look for that on Tony's website and we'll have the links below if you're on YouTube. And I just want to add before we get started here that we'll get a little behind the scenes technical thing. So I got an email yesterday when I got home from from the workshop from Google and, you know, I don't remember anything as you people know. But it was just something about there was some error regarding something or another with uh, um, iHeart Radio because, you know, our podcasts get broadcast to all of that. Well, what it turns out is I used to tell you people that every single day, seven days a week for over two years, I never missed a day, I used to post videos up on um, Facebook. Well, I had forgotten that those videos are also available on my website. These are all free. These are just chats and little tidbits and tips um and so there was an error on one of them so i spent three hours cleaning it all up i have probably over 600 over 600 videos uh they're not long they're like maybe five minutes seven minutes who knows but there so if you go to my main website and on the top you'll see podcasts Click podcast because you'll get these, but you'll uh, you'll also get uh, it'll say vlog with the letter V vlog. That's where all these other videos are. So, man, there's just literally you could never watch them all in one day. There's I, I'm not kidding you when I said there's over 600 of them. There is plus over 100 podcast episodes. Um, so you know, there's a lot of stuff on there. Uh, so, uh, you know, enjoy, take, take advantage of it. Um, but anyway, we're done with that. We're going to bring in Artie because everybody, Artie is like that, that cousin or for you really young kids, like that uncle that you just want to, you can't wait for Christmas so you can run up and hug him and say, uncle Artie. Oh man, it's so great to see you again. That's how he is in this family. So uncle Artie. Introduce Mr. <laughs> Kelly to us, would you please? All right. So, uh, yeah, this is a very good friend of mine, longtime coach Mike Kelly. Um, known him since I want to say 2005. Um, you know, really been a big inspiration on my wrestling grappling career. Um, honored to bring him on and chat about him. I love your enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in northern Wisconsin, uh, up up in Eureka, Grantsburg area, um, and that's where actually where I moved back to now. But uh, it's it's from uh, Chicago. It's probably 
around seven hours north uh, northwest, right on the Minnesota border. So I can see Minnesota uh, lights at night, but it takes me a while to get over there because I have to go down to a bridge to cross. But uh, right on the border there and just uh, way back in the country, you know. Uh, and so growing up, uh, did you was your family like a big sports family? Did they have you doing stuff like Little League or other things? No, we, you know, we lived too far out of town for really to do little league back then, you know, not, you didn't have a bunch of cars and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, we'd have one or two cars, maybe one at one time and my parents worked or they each had one and they worked. And then they're really, we lived near a ball field, uh, out in the country. So we played a lot of softball, but, uh, what really got us into wrestling is my, my older brother, uh, started in high school, probably, I think it's freshman year, maybe, uh, or maybe it was eighth grade, but he started. And then um, I just want to do what my brother did. And uh, so it was easy to uh, get going off of that. But really, we didn't do too many other sports. I played some football and, and softball. But uh, being we lived so far out, it was hard to get in for into town for a lot of the other sports. So it sounds like pretty much like a rural community. Did you live on a farm or was it just small town? No, we, we didn't live on a farm. But, you know, we, we had occasional animals, sheep and uh geese and ducks and things but but all around us was farm and uh uh we had some woods we owned and and we we were just out in the country there you know uh and i don't know it was it was just a a a good way of life i thought you know oh your audio is breaking up a little bit are you still there can you hear us we may have lost mike well michael get back on he, yes, yeah, he's up, like he said, he's up in the north woods. Signal spotty. You back with us? No, like that my signal. I got, I got, I got uh, Ethernet or or whatever. I I got the highest. They dug the 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 best stuff you could ever have. Uh, fiber <laughs> optic here. So so my it's not mine up here. <laughs> um. So being kind of in that, did you do a lot of, were you outdoorsy? Was your, did your family do a lot of like hunting or fishing and that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. We did a lot of fishing. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, up here, everyone's, you know, deer season's like a, a holiday, you know, back to, back in those days, they just pretty much closed down the school cause everyone was going deer hunting. And, uh, we did a lot of fishing and uh, a lot of ice fishing. Once it gets cold, we like to ice fish uh which is really fun and uh you know it's tough like it, we always it made you tough because you got to drop through a bunch of snow and back then we had to chisel chisel your hole um and sit out in the cold and it just uh it, we always said it made you tough you know it sounds it sounds horrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it, it, that's a good way to put it we cut a lot of wood too because we burned wood you know to keep warm we had a uh wood stove in the basement and for a lot of years there you know every saturday before you could do anything even when you're kind of older was you had to go we had to go cut two truckloads of wood and wow. then uh everyone was involved it got to be you really got to like it after a while but you touched that same piece of wood like eight times before it actually got burned because you'd move it from here to here or there to there throw it in the basement and then put it in the stove i mean it was it was it was a lot of work but that's kind of what built, I think, uh, my mindset a lot, you know, 
And I see a lot of kids in a gym now doing these workouts and they were the same things we did when we were a kid. <laughs> and, and we did it for not, you know, we just did it because that's what we had to do for our, uh, my dad told me to do, you know, so I see a lot of kids doing these same motions of splitting wood or carrying logs and all these. And it's like, yeah, that's maybe why we got to be pretty tough. <laughs> did I was going to ask you, do you think all that wood splitting, did, was there a, a, did you sense a, an effect on your conditioning? Did that really help prep you? Well, I, I think at the time you didn't, didn't really notice it, but now later in life and see how other people are training and, and things and that, and, and you think like those things we were doing were the work we had to do. That wasn't even our workout. You know, people were doing what our dad made us do for their normal workout. And then we were going to practice or, or doing our other workouts. Like I didn't say to myself, Hey, we just split, I just split wood for two hours and carried a bunch of logs. Hey, tonight I'm not lifting weights. No, I didn't even look at it. I was like, Oh, that's just what I'm supposed to do. Now I lift weights tonight. And uh, that really, I think played a role mentally and physically. Yeah. Imagine it must've, I mean, it wasn't something you noticed like when you went up against the city boys or something, it's like, Oh, you know, you had that extra, could you like tell when you got in the gym, these guys aren't the wood splitters. Yeah. You could tell on some of it. I mean, you just have, and especially at that time, there was a big difference in some of the uh, country kids, farm kids, and then city. You could have even, uh, you know, a lot less technique, but you have a farm kid and he grabs you and you can't get away from, you can't get away from him. He grabs your wrist or whatever. You can't clear it because he's been throwing hay bales and doing all that. You're just going to have stronger hands. You know, your grip's going to be the things, you know, I can remember my dad bought, like 40 pine trees. And for seven years, like every day I'd carry, uh, he, he said, Hey, you guys got to water one bucket, one five gallon bucket to every tree. Well, when you're little, you just carry one. Well, you get tougher. You start carrying two buckets, you know, and then you do that in your hand strength. You don't realize, well, if I carried 25 buckets, whatever, three or four times a week uh, of water, a pretty good distance, after a couple of years, hey, your hands get pretty strong. And you just, you know, those types of things a lot of people in the city weren't doing. So we had a really good wrestling team when I was in high school. And, and a lot of them were the uh, country kids that were just, you know, they are doing that or they were farmers. And they just had a lot of strength that um, made up for lack of technique, maybe. And uh, it's just people couldn't handle the strength. Now you coached at a lot of levels and, and it's my impression is you've got a lot of exposure to a lot of wrestling. So, I mean, is that something I never really thought about it, but like at, at the collegiate level, is there still kind of a, a larger majority of like, you know, farm or country guys who are in, in wrestling at that level or does it start to balance out later? I think, I think in today's world, there's probably a little less just cause there's, you know, farming's different than it is now than it was 20 years ago. Um, sometimes I go to the local farms and, and check them out. I like to see the new, what they're doing. And, and it's, there's a lot of things that have made it easier. So that work ethic or strength building isn't quite there. Yeah. The, they're still bailing hay and they still guys got to throw bales and some, but some of the other stuff has gotten, you know, they just got easier ways to do it. And, uh, you know, just from milking a cow, they got 
you know, these robots, they're not like robot people, but they're like, they call them robots and they do everything and you don't really, you just kind of got to watch it. So it's not as, not quite as it, it was. Plus the, the city got more technical too. They got more clubs, they got more things than before. So it's, it's balanced out, but I think just the, the there's just not the, the hard work that you find anymore uh, out there for a lot of people. So that's why in a gym, they're, they're making you hit a tire with a mall. You know, it's like, we would have been like, why would we do that? We just did it for five hours <laughs> for punishment, <laughs> you know? So, so that kind of stuff uh, I think has changed. That's very interesting. So let's take a step back. So your brother started somewhere around his freshman year. Did you wait till like, uh, like middle school, high school to start? Or did he, did you start, pretty early once he was in. I started like once I saw I went to one tournament I saw them uh Russell and I was like told my dad I want to do this and I was probably four I think you had to be kindergarten uh to start the first one and I wasn't quite there yet I was a year before he put me in I won and uh, and honestly I never looked back and it was just I wasn't a real athletic person um and so I was you know, I wasn't going to be real good at basketball, football, something like that. I needed to find something and, and wrestling for whatever reason, just fit. I wasn't, I'm not like super fast. I'm not uh, super athletic, you know, doing cartwheels and the splits and all this stuff, but I found a niche um, and I, you know, lifted a lot of weights, got strong, found a good niche and just learned, you know, those moves that, that I know I got good enough where they could work on pretty much everyone. And then if I could defend the other guys, I was going to win. And, and really just that concept really worked good for me. And that's why I like wrestling. You know, you can, you can do a lot with it, even if you don't have a lot yourself, uh, you know, athletic wise. Very interesting. So what uh, high school did you wrestle at? I wrestled at St. Croix Falls. It was, uh, it was good. It was nice school. Uh, we, uh, one state as a, a team, I won state as a individual, um, went to state three times and, uh, I was only the second state champ in our school history at the time. And, uh, you know, it was really, you know, we were, my, my coach in high school was, uh, the assistant coach really he came from Pennsylvania and he was, uh, you know, uh, Pennsylvania's really good high school wrestling, really good wrestling, probably the most dominant state in the nation, uh, arguably anyway. And uh, he came from there with a mentality um, and he taught it to me. He believed in, you know, he was a real mind game. Like he would tell everyone we're the best, you know, I mean, our team had never even won conference. And then three years later, we won state after, you know, they had one conference and 25 30 years ever and then we three years later we win state and he was telling people this and people thought he was crazy and got us all believing and and uh we ended up uh doing pretty well really because of a lot of his mental but he you know he did you know some of the right things technically that we needed and then uh it was just a good time of um in our other coach was a, a really into weights and we're in a time, you know, when everyone in Hollywood was, you know, 
Rambo and all these guys, they were all jacked up and everyone wanted to uh, lift and be strong. And, and that really fit in for me perfect and our style, you know, we were more uh, at that time, more style of, uh, you know, strength and power over real technical skill. That's interesting. So the, the coach that came from Pennsylvania, you think that it was kind of, it was the, the technique and the mindset that he really added that, that, that was, or like, which was more so because you, so you had the, well, I would say both. I would say both. I mean, his, 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 his technique was different than, than we knew he, he did some, uh, they call him Kelly's my name's Kelly, but they never named him after me. They call him up around here. We call him dumps, but in Pennsylvania, they're called Kelly's. They're just like little tips. You hold the elbow, tip them over, get your points. And you see, uh, some of the Pennsylvania guys still do it, you know, even some of them guys that ended up at Iowa and stuff, it, it's still, still doing the stuff that my coach taught us. And, uh, but he really had us believing we could beat guys that were better than us. And then a lot of it is, Hey, if you believe sometimes things happen and you have the tools, but if you don't believe and you have the tools, sometimes it does. And he made sure it did. And, uh, we succeeded a lot because, uh, coach harry would uh really you know we'd be like man he's telling all these people there they think he's crazy you know they're making fun of him he must really believe it so we believed it you know and then we went and went ahead and 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 got it done and it was just and his technique was it was different than we had and it was different to some of the area and he just it just really helped out and just put us uh put us ahead of the everyone else can I ask a question? Sure. How much how much running did you do? Oh, I I did a lot back then. Um, I'll be honest. A, a quick story was, um, I lived out of town. I, I'm gonna guess it was at least 12 miles. One day I'll I'll go measure between 12 and 14 miles. So so I I I told one of my buddies they lived about four miles from me. I said I'm gonna jog in tomorrow to practice in the morning. And this is like, I don't know, I'm January, you know, said, I'm, I'm, I'm quite a bit overweight. I'm going to jog in and then we'll, they won't go. And he said, well, stop on the way by my house. We'll meet you at the driveway, you know? So I started off that morning. I jogged, I got to their driveway. We kept going. And I remember, uh, you know, there's, it was a good run. You know, I was at least 12 miles and uh, we got there did our morning practice and I, it was weird. I never thought of like, Oh, my legs are going to be tired out for Thursday or whatever. This is probably on Monday. I just remember I lost like six pounds, you know, it was, it was probably, you know, 10 degrees out. I mean, we're in winter. And then uh, years later, I I was talking to one of my buddies, one of those guys that were on the run, there was two brothers that I met. And that one said, man, I wish I would have, finish that run and I'm like what are you talking about we all did the run he's like you don't remember on the way to work I flagged out my mom drove by and I flagged her down and and I got in the car and she drove me I couldn't do it <laughs> and, and this was like and this was 25 years later and it still like bothered him in his mind you know and he runs marathons now and everything and I and I just it made me laugh I'm like it's it's it, that it bothered him that much still after 25 years and and um <laughs> I was like Oh man, but we, you know, I ran a lot. I did, you know, I'll be honest, you know, at that time in my life, it's as silly as it sounds, as silly as it sounds like Rocky four, 
was huge. I remember like sixth, sixth or seventh grade, and it was uh, he's running through the snow and throwing the wood. Man, we'd put on the boots, run the snow. We would do all this stuff um, all the time, uh, trying to get, you know, just like we were Rocky. So I ran a lot, and especially in the summers, I would run at night in the country roads. And it really got my fear away of just the darkness and things. Sometimes because you never know, there's bears and everything out here. And, <laughs> but after a while, you just get used to not having a, a um, worry about it. You know, they're just go for it. But I ran, I ran a lot more then than I have now. Uh, but I think running was a good part of uh, making sure you know I had the lungs, but also mentally. Running's a hard mental, you know you run, you got a good, tough mental uh, toughness, you know, and I always thought that that was an important part. Wow. I want to go a little bit deeper. So like in general, like during seasons, like, so you were lifting, you were chopping the wood, doing all that. And then like on a given day or week, like what kind of miles were you running? Like when you weren't doing the long 14 mile runs, what was your like normal routine? It just depended, you know, in high school was different. Like back in that mentality of in, in my days in high school, there was a lot more weight cutting. So, and it was nothing like, uh, for me to, you know, cut 20 pounds, say, uh, a Monday I come in, we had a tournament on Saturday, Monday, I was 20 over 18 over 16 over Then I would Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I would, get that weight off and and honestly i can remember uh i would go to school on thursday morning we'd have a duel on uh thursday and i would have to weigh in you know thursday night and i would get to school at like six in the morning and stay in the wrestling room and all we had in there was a stationary bike jump rope and jog and i would work out all day long in a plastic suit and then they would come and get me when it was time to weigh in. And I would go down and check my weight a, a few. And the teachers at school, they'd say, hey, where's Mike? They'd be like, oh, he's cutting weight. And they just would <laughs> let me go up there and trade all day. And yeah. I would run like crazy, do, you know, uh, lay under the mat, whatever, and, and, and get the weight off. But I'd have to do a lot of running just to keep my weight off at that time. You know, and it was a different time. Nowadays, they don't, they don't have you um, cut as much weight. Um, like they do, like, I don't have my guys do the things I did, which is a good thing, but, uh, you know, I, I think running is good, but too much is, you know, I think some programs do a little bit too much while others, uh, you got to find that happy medium. Now coaching now we do a lot less than, than, than I did. Cause we don't cut as much weight as I needed. That was some of the running was the weight cut. Well, Mike, what was your peak weight i mean what was your best weight uh right now in, the, in my life is probably 174 but uh uh you know i i weighed probably 160 when i was a senior wrestled uh 145 weighed 160 probably a junior pretty much the same and, and weighed uh you know wrestled 140 so I went to the service. I was 160. So I stayed around 160 a lot, but 174 is where I ended up feeling I was the most competitive at. Gotcha. So let's do this. So did you, so you didn't go to college right away? You went into the service? 
Yeah, I went. I, you know, after high school, I had a, a, a some really good looks. University of Wisconsin, and uh, you know, some other D one schools. But I had a horrible GPA. They they would let me skip out of the classes to cut weight, but then they give me bad grades. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that didn't fare well, you know. And uh, so I was, uh, you know, I was kind of limited. And actually, I went to. Uh, we used to have a Minnesota Wisconsin wrestling classic. So um, the top seniors would wrestle the top seniors from Minnesota. And uh, um, I would, uh, I had to go oh, against Carl uh, Carlson. He was, he had signed with the university of Minnesota was a Minnesota state champ, a bunch of stuff. So I went to this duel and I beat him. And then, uh, you stayed overnight at one of the coaches or one, somebody's family's house uh, during the duel. So I stayed over and I happened to be a junior college coach um, out of Minnesota. And he talked me into going to junior college. So I was like, I didn't know anything about it. My grades were pretty bad. So I, I ended up uh, signing and, and going to go to school and they, they wanted me to start right in the summer. So they said, Hey, we're going to start you at summer school. So I graduated two weeks later, they had me signed up for some class. Well, this college was right on the Mississippi river. I always had my fishing pole in the car. I drove <laughs> right to the parking lot, looked at the river and started fishing, went and did that for three days. I, I get a call or my dad, I come home, my dad's uh, chewing me out. And uh, he says, uh, the coach called, you ain't been at school. What's going on? And I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to school. I'm joining the Marines. My sister was a Marine and she made a couple calls. And then the next day, boom, uh, I was in the Marines and like, seriously, like there was an opening, like two weeks later I was in, I was like, she said, Hey, you can wrestle in the Marines and everything. I'm like, Hey, you got me sold, you know? So <laughs> that next thing, you know, I was in the Marines and then, uh, uh, I got to a uh, trial for the Marine Corps team. And it, it just turned out, you know, just, it was awesome. And, uh, I really had a good time. Um, uh, and I got to meet some guys and it was, it was tough. It was a little different cause it was mainly Greco at the time. And I had done some freestyle Greco, but not a lot. And, uh, um, it was a, a definitely a difference in, uh, um, a definitely a difference in style for me. Plus I was 18 and most of the Marines that were on the team were like in their upper twenties, 25, 26, 28, you know? So there's a big difference in, in skill and technique maturity. Some of them already had families and that, and it was, there was, you know, at the time, I think we had two to two guys at every weight were ranked top eight nationally, you know, and then we had an Olympian in, uh, buddy Lee, uh, Eric Wetzel was a world team. Member. I mean, we had like a, a lot of top caliber guys and I was like 18 year old kid out of Wisconsin. You know, uh, I was, uh, it was something to say the least. It was a good wake up call for me. You know, buddy Lee is, I mean, he's like a whiz with the jump rope, you know, I'm sure you know that. Yes. And, um, yeah, phenomenal wrestler. And then another Marine that was just Greg Gibson. I mean, he was. Yeah, oh, he, I know Gibson. 
Oh my God, he what an athlete that guy is. Talk about him too later. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, I can say Gibson was a, a, a absolute killer. You know, on all levels, he came back. I seen him. Oh man, upwards maybe like seven years ago, you know, go to the U S open out of nowhere and take like fourth. I mean, he was a straight, uh, uh, monster. I mean, he, yeah. and he won, he, he was won a world medal at Sambo, yeah. uh, Greco and freestyle. And the year he, I think, uh, he was actually the Olympian for freestyle and Greco, but he had to choose and he went with Greco and ended up second. But he he was you know later in life he was still one of those guys that really could wrestle. And Buddy Lee, I remember watching him. He was just really getting into his jump rope stuff uh, when I was in the service there. And he would be practicing uh, on you know after practice and doing this stuff. And I remember watching him. And he showed me I wasn't a very good jump roper, but he showed me some skills and then uh, showed me a couple tricks that I was able to learn. And then I, then I just hammered out i mean he really got me into the jump roping and i got to be a pretty good jump roper enough where people can like i do it even now people are like holy man you're really good but he he was a different level of good but he really uh you know it was fun watching him just kind of do his thing and trying these new tricks and then see him do them was was pretty amazing did you know craig Pittman? I, I met him a few times, but I didn't know him. But he also, he actually wrestled Alexander Trellin. He did. Was, he, he did. Yeah. He for sure did. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'll talk yeah, about Trellin later. I, I actually got to meet him. Okay. I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you, Joe. You were on a roll, but I just had a no, throw no, in. Just, Number yeah, five, I mean, man. Yeah, it's super cool. How does, so I'm kind of. Unclear. How does that work in the military when you're on their on their wrestling team? Do you still, I mean, are you? Is that become like your full time duties, or like how how does that work when you're enlisted? Well, what what was really awesome was if you if you make the team, you're on the team, you stay on the team, but you don't stay there the whole time. Like I would have to go back and work with my unit uh, for a couple months here and there, and then I would go back mainly kind of in the off season. Some people got to stay there maybe a little longer than others, but you know, you didn't, you didn't have to wear your uniform. You did like when you were on the team, you just, what we had like two practices a day and then uh, you went to tournaments. If the weekends were off, I think we started, we went from nine to 11 and then like three to five. If there was nothing coming up, the practices were easier. Maybe they were uh, weightlifting, you know, uh, jump runs or whatever. I mean, I, I got to, I remember doing a lot of fishing out there cause we were stationed in Quantico, Virginia. And, uh, it was just a really good time. And, uh, you know, it was a great, you know, it was awesome. It was, you were getting paid to wrestle legitimately, you know, and it was really fun. And I got, you know, and you were on a, uh, a level of, you know, we had a ton of great guys and then we were able to travel around. We do some seminars too in high schools, go, do some, uh, bring some mats and, and do some things. We travel around, try to get some others recruited and things like that. And uh, it was really great. But actually, last year the Marines, uh, they dropped the the All Marine program uh, after uh, the last Olympics, which I I don't know how how or why, but yeah, they they stopped having it. So they'll have base teams still, but uh, the All Marine team is is uh, no longer. Well, I mean, I know 
your FMF as a Marine, but what was your MOS when you went in? I was a 3531 motor transport. I drove the okay. five stun LVS and, and the vehicles like that. And actually it's kind of funny. Uh, last summer, my neighbor had one. I bought one from him. I got a deuce and a half. That, no that I drive to school. Yeah. That I drive to school. Sometimes the kids love it, but I got a big old deuce and a half. That's it's, it's really neat. And um, I drive it around quite a bit, but it reminded me of, you know, my five ton when I used to drive and, and, uh, yeah, no, motor transport was, it was a good, it was a good gig. Um, and I got into that because my, my sister had told me she had talked to some people and said, Hey, if you want to wrestle, you got to have, you know, there's a lot of motor transport because you're always a Marine first. So if I had went into like recon or some special forces stuff, they're not going to let you go wrestle because there's not many of them. You're going to need something that, there's you can they you can escape from and you're still fine so motor transport worked out pretty good supply is probably like a pretty good job that you would want to go on if you want to wrestle i mean you you're not gonna you know want to go hey i'm gonna be force recon or or marsoc or something and then wrestle because they're not gonna let you so that's it works out good Quantico, that's where the Scout Sniper program at least was. I don't know if it still is. You know. Yeah, I, I don't know. But, yeah, we were stationed right in Quantico then. Then Years later, they moved back to Camp Lejeune. But we are in Quantico right by the officers' training uh, academy there. So it was fun. It was, a, it was great. I, I had a great time. And you awesome. can imagine we were in a huge squad bay with 20 guys. You know, you could see the whole thing. All it was was bunks. There was one TV. The lights all went off at the same time. Community bathroom, one pay phone on, on the outside. I mean, you're talking old school, uh, uh, really funny stuff. And I'll tell you a quick story about when I was in the Marines. I, I, this is, uh, I don't know if you know Brian Medlin. He, he's the RTC coach at Illinois and uh, at the university. And, uh, he was, he, yeah, I was just getting ready to get out of the Marines and he was just kind of coming in. So it was like, I was a senior, he's a freshman, you know, and we're on the same team and we're bunk mates. And, 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 uh, I seen him at, uh, NIU was wrestling Northwestern a few years back and, and I ran into him, we're talking, I hadn't seen him in, you know, 15, 20 years or something. And, and he said, you know, you, you traumatized me. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, when you put that mattress over me, well, he was running his mouth and I threw him the mattress on the bed over him and I laid on him for like, I don't know, like two hours. I wouldn't get off and it broke him. And it like, it was, I didn't realize how bad it traumatized him that he still remembered it 20 years ago. But he told said, me about that too. Yeah. Yeah. He said, you know, it was, it was rough, rough on him. And, uh, uh, but those were, you know, I mean, you're talking all these guys in, in, in this big room, you know, you know, if say if a couple guys went out and, and went drinking on a Saturday, when they came back at three in the morning, everyone was awake, whether you're not, you know, no matter what the lights are coming on, they're throwing each other around, still fighting and all the things it was, it was quite the experience, but you know, there was some pretty cool guys in there and, and everyone, you know, they treat each other good. Awesome. So how long were you in the service? 
I was in for four years. I, you know, I, I, I always wanted to wrestle in college. So, um, you know, I was like, I'm, you know, do the Marines for four years here. And then I want to, I want to go to college and, and I just want to wrestle in college, you know, and stayed in a bunch of the guys I went with, they all stayed in and most of them, you know, they kept wrestling. And then once they couldn't wrestle anymore, they all joined the army and uh, become coaches. So. Oh, I think we're losing them again. Can you hear me okay, Tony? I can hear you. The Wisconsin or not. Can yes. hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. I can hear you. Maybe edit this part out. <laughs> no, we can't do that, I guess. But no, it's okay. Well, send them a little smoke signal. You know how to... Um, Text him or something. Let him know that we can't hear him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's, it's interesting. Funny he was telling that story about Brian Medlin, though, because I know Brian Medlin also very well, and he told me about that when he realized I was linked up with, with Kelly. So that was real funny to hear about that. Yeah. Well, we're, we're waiting on Mike. Maybe we can talk about, like, when did you meet Mike? Artie? I met him, uh, like I said, in 2005 at uh, Plainfield North High School, Rotten Grapes Wrestling Club. Um, actually, it was the coaches. There were some of his college teammates. That's how he was there. So, Let's see. so how old were you at that point? Was it I was a junior in high school. Junior in high school. Okay, cool. Um, and so was he? Which how, how you? How did you run? Was he like affiliated with the the wrestling program or? No, he um, he um. Like I said, he was friends with the coaches there, so he just popped in every now and then to wrestle with us. Um, it was a smaller club team, you know, Plainfield North at that time was a brand new high school, and I went there just because my my school didn't have really any off season wrestling, so that's how I ended up there and uh, linked up with Mike there. And uh, eventually, after that, when I got to college, I linked up with a lot more. I went to Gilbert Grappling down on the South Side a lot, and he went there too because he he uh, used to coach Clay Guida. I'm sure I'll tell you all about that. But uh, Clay Guida would, was training there when he's in the UFC and early on. Uh, one, one second. Joe, why don't you tell him to log out and try to log? Yeah, Mike, maybe um, since you can he hear us. He can't hear us. He cannot hear us. He just texted oh, us. Okay. So write him to log yeah, out and walk back in. All right. Well, you keep um, asking Artie and I'll. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So, so. Uh, what now was Mike living up here somewhere at the time? Yeah, he um, he was um, up in Hebron, which is pretty far north, even further north than you, Tony, of course. Uh, yeah, Hebron, yeah, that's, that's right, right west of Hebron, and he's coaching at Harper College. And then he would still drive everywhere. This guy must have a million miles on his whatever car he had at the time. It was insane. He was going down to Gilbert Grappling, which is down in uh, Tinley Park back then, which was pretty far for him. And then Harper was no easy ride either, honestly. So, yeah, it, if you can call it closer to here, yeah, but it's still pretty far out, out there. Um, well, you were much larger than him, of course. Uh, so did you incorporate his style or did he more or less help you develop your style? A lot of both, honestly. He really preaches, you know, as you can tell, a lot of strength, heavy-handed, physical style. 
And that's something that really played for me a lot. You know, it, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Mike was dirty by any means, but you definitely felt it when you wrestled him. He was in your face. He was grinding. It wasn't, it, it wasn't, you know, a lot of slap hands like a lot of guys do nowadays, honestly. Yeah. Um, he, he also, you know, he, he really preached, you know, do what works and do the hell out of it. You know, if you ever grapple the guy, he's going to hit you with the same move a dozen times and you won't stop it. Um, his single leg takedown is just crisp. And I mean, I've, I've seen him hit it on division one wrestlers into his forties easily. Well, I like the way you wrestle. So, uh, Artie, you know, and, uh, so, so obviously if he had a lot to do with it, then he's an awesome coach. Oh, you just missed the sentimental part. I think he's back. I think we can hear him. Do I got no volume? <laughs> we can hear you. We can hear you. <laughs> um, you know, Artie, do you find it? I mean, that's great. That so, you know, like I, I know in a martial arts world, a lot of guys get hooked on seminar instructors. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Like, mm-hmm. what I mean is like, uh, oh, who can I think of? Oh, Danny Nasano's coming to town. Uh, or, yeah. uh, you know, somebody like that, Paul Vunak, you know, whoever the name is. And, uh, you know, and so for guys like you and I who, who came, we didn't come from like, we didn't come from a martial arts background. Um, you know, we had the more day in and day out influences and stuff. Um, so in that, and that's a different perspective, uh, you know, than, than, than a lot of people uh, have. You, Very, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What, what's your take on that? I mean, it's it, it was honestly some of each for me because a lot of the stuff I used was stuff I didn't get from my everyday coaches. It was stuff that like uh, I go to wrestling camps over the summer, and those weren't really seminars. Those were you know those were week week or two week long, not an hour or two like a seminar. But I got a lot of stuff from those. Like I mentioned, uh, the Grand B System camps I did those in high school. Outstanding stuff, really. Well, that me Keith Lawrence, the Keith Lawrence Granby system. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, they're they're really awesome. Um, I'm surprised they don't get more. I mean, maybe again, I'm kind of outside of the uh, collegiate wrestling, but um, how you know how popular are they? I always get the impression they're they seem to be well known at least around here and on the East Coast. But I don't I don't see them really. Their techniques are they really? I don't know disseminating or permeating the rest of wrestling. I, I'd say a lot of it, yeah. Like, you know, every every team at least covers a lot of the basic Granby role type stuff. And it's not just the, the roles and stuff, uh, the bottom work. that is real, That's what it's most notorious for. But there's really a lot of amazing turns and top work in there that, you know, it's stuff that Illinois wrestling, as awesome as it is, we focus more on takedowns than we do on the pinning and riding compared to out east. And that's some awesome stuff I was able to integrate, you know, um, and a lot of it because people didn't recognize it. You know, I was able to get away with, you know, lacing these better wrestlers up in, in Turks and cradles and, and crab rides and such because they they never really got a chance to see it before. Can you guys hear me now? Oh, no, yes. yes. Yeah, thank goodness. I don't know why. Not move. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Be perfectly still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but Artie, we'll have to circle back on that Granby wrestling system because I'm, I'm a really big fan of their inside step uh single leg takedown yep 
I, I, I want to learn that in sixth grade. <laughs> and I want to kind of run it by Tony at some point, just kind of, a, I'm, we're going to go on a tangent and get back to Mike right away, but I, the head positioning on that single leg seems to maybe uh, be good for self-defense perspectives because your face is really buried in that armpit. I'd say so. Yeah. You're really, you're closing the distance to an immense measure. You know, you're, you're essentially abandoning all sense of vanity and ramming your face into their body. Yeah. And it, and it really seems safe too. Cause it seems like, you know, it's designed for, you know, the guy will sprawl on you and, and it, you just can, you can support all that weight on your spine and hips it's, and you not have that, to worry that, yeah, about that, it. That same, that same physics is like leaning your back against somebody and both step, both of you standing up from sitting down that like that leaning in pressure. It's, it's really a good series. Um, it's something really successful at the college level, you know, for self-defense, it's awesome because I've, I've taught it for self-defense for this exactly reason, the reason you mentioned you're burying your face and keeping yourself safe. You're out of really any effective striking range. But well, yeah, the three of us will have to circle back separately apart from this and kind of review that. Yeah. I don't like to circle back. Well, but I want to get this let's, Mike let's get back to Mike because he was on a roll. <laughs> so let's see. When we last left off, Mike, you were uh, wanting to get into college wrestling. Yeah, and then then you know I uh, I ended up um, in Illinois, and I was you know, looking to get back into uh, wrestling. So I couldn't go division one. I, I wanted to go division one because of my grades. So I needed to look at another option. And that's when I decided to go junior college. And I started off at the college of Lake County first, which really they didn't have a lot of kids on the team. Um, but I got, I got, you know, in the school, started things going. And I remember my first report card, I got like a four oh or three eight and I'm like, ah, oh, this ain't right. You know, this isn't yeah, I'm gonna falter here soon. And then I just continually didn't really realize the, you know, some of the things I learned in the Marines just on uh, going to class and being on time and all just some non school stuff that really helped out and my grades were really good. And then I was uh I happened to be at a tournament and uh I went to an open tournament and and what's cool about uh, college wrestling is you have open tournaments. There can be people from anywhere. You could wrestle a kid from University of Iowa, Wyoming, wherever, and you could just be anybody. You could just go to the open tournament. You could walk in tomorrow and wrestle Iowa's best guy if he showed up. Well, I had to wrestle a, a kid that was at NIU, um, and I beat him, and the coach from Harper Junior College was his dad, saw was like what are you doing why don't you come over to harper you know and uh coach lovelace so he recruited me over to harper college and uh i was able to go to harper college which which turned out to be awesome i got coach Laprino, coach lovelace got them guys uh really kind of molded started my uh, i would say my mold for uh coaching and where you know some of the things i wanted to do um, and was able to learn from them and, and see some some of the aspects of of college coaching. And then I uh, got all American at junior college, and then I wanted to go to the next level. And my grades were really good. You know, I was like a three eight, three nine. Got an associate degree in two years, um, so I still had some eligibility left to go to Division One. And I actually went to Northern Illinois University first year. Um, and, uh, me and the coach at the time, we just really didn't see eye to eye and a bunch of my buddies from the junior college went to Eastern. So 
I went to Eastern Illinois. Then I transferred for my last two years, really like two and a half there. Um, and that's really where my grappling kind of just initially got started. Um, cause my assistant coach there was Matt Hughes and he was just starting to fight, you know, and I think by last year he left and moved to Iowa to the Miltage camp, but he was just kind of getting into it. And, uh, what's kind of interesting was he used to talk to me a lot. We used to ride together on some of the road trips, uh, cause I was married and he was thinking about getting married. He would ask me just stuff about, you know, marriage and, and things like that. So it was, it was always kind of cool, but we we're the same age. So, uh, it was, it, that was fine, but he was, he was, uh, 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 you know, started, you know, he would train the police officers, some submission stuff. And I would, I would stay back and do some of that stuff with him. And it, it really, if I look back and all the guys that, went to EIU at that time that ended up fighting or doing some sort of martial arts. Um, we all probably owe it to Matt cause he brought it to there. And then we all just kind of spread out uh, and learned from there. And it just got in the back of our minds and we never let it leave. So yeah, talk about that transition. So, um, you know, was it, you were working with did you did you guys train specifically with him for those things or did you seek out certain schools or or how did how did that start to how did you start to incorporate that aspect of the the fight sport well the 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 fight sport now that's a little little different uh, you know say you know matt he he was doing you know he was just really starting to hit like you know when it, you know i think I saw him, you know, once he moved to Iowa, he started, you know, really hitting it bigger, real big time with UFC and started, you know, headlining stuff. We were all, you know, he got the video game. I remember he came over and we were picking him and beating him up and doing all the stuff. I mean, it was like so amazing these going on that it just kept in our minds like, you know, you want to to do it you wanted the submissions you wanted something but I wasn't really sure myself so I graduated and then went um got my teaching degree and I was teaching at a you know I I wanted to coach too but I wanted to coach at Harper College and that's where I went and I got a job there and I wanted I need, I didn't have a, I just had a coaching job, but I had a teaching degree. So I, I remember when I went to job interviews, everything was, when do I can, when in my mind, I didn't say this directly, like, when can I leave? Can I get to Harper's practice in time or not? If I couldn't, I didn't take the job. Huh. And there was one place that let me with, I could leave and get to Harper college in time for practice. And I took that job and it was at an elementary school, you know, and uh, which turned out to be great in, in hindsight, everything about it. And then what really brought me into the grappling part was I had my seat, my uh, last year at Harper College, I had wrestled with uh, Jay Guida, Clay's brother, his older brother. And he was our heavyweight, uh, went to the nationals. And then when I came back and I was coaching, my first year, Clay was there. And then uh, probably, I think maybe two years later, a year later, they both came up to me and they said, we quit our jobs. We're fighting. 
if we don't win or fight, we don't eat. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know about that one, guys. And they're like, yeah, that's what we're doing. And then Clay said, he said, I think they both at the time had these trucks. They had little like Ford Rangers or something. And Clay would say, NJ, there's a, if you see the truck in the parking lot, when you pull in, coming into practice, just knock on the back of it, wake us up. And we'll be in there for life. <laughs> and so I'd see that truck. I'd park next to it, bang on the the door, the the thing, because they had a mattress in the back, and they would sleep there, and then go to Harper's practice, and then go to Gilbert Grappling to train MMA. But they wanted that wrestling part, so they were pressing me pretty hard. They were like, "Hey, we need some guy to good wrestler to come down to Gilbert Grappling," you know. Just come down there. Just come down there. And we're talking, this is a pretty long drive from my house. And I would say the college was like a, a solid hour to hour and five minutes from my house. Gilbert was like another 45 minutes south of that. So if I, you know, say after college practice, if I drove down to Gilbert's, I would get there at 745 and practice go till nine. And then I would have to be home at like 11 you know so I was like that's pretty pretty long day for me so I was like kept pushing it off and then one day they got me to go down to Gilbert's and uh, I went with them and I probably went there three four times in two weeks and the next thing you know I had a fight lined up (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and they were like this is you you know and I I did a couple fights I probably did four or five I I had a good time um but you know, you go back to an elementary school with a black eye and, and it was like the kids were just, what happened? What happened? I was like, I can't take this. The the administration was asking and I'm like, I just like the grappling part of it. I'll come in and train with you guys. And uh, but I enjoy the grappling part of it. And, and, and just something to say about Jay and Clay, these guys, they would call me at, all the time to, to wrestle. You know, they got a match coming up and at that time so they said hey we're, we're gonna practice we need would you come on over and I'm like yeah just tell me the address you know so I pull up to the address and it's like a house in a, in town and I'm like where are we gonna practice and they're like oh the mats are right here they just pull them out under the deck from under their deck of this rental they had put them out in the front yard and we're going and it was like a July night people are walking back from the bar and they're challenging. We're wrestling guys coming out of the bar, whoever would. I remember the mosquitoes were pretty rough, but, but it was hot, lost a bunch of weight, got them ready for their, you know, the next fight. They got some matches and they rolled them back up and put them under there. I remember the, the mat had like state champions names from like the fifties on it or something (laughs) out of one of the schools. They, they, someone had gave them, but, those guys really got me in to the grappling part. And then, uh, you know, Joey Gilbert and the whole crew over at uh, Gilbert Grappling there, Joey and Danny, I mean, they were so good to me. They let me come in there all the time. And and then really for me, when, when the grappling part of my life changed was Joey called me and said, hey, you need to look, USA Wrestling um, is going to, start a grappling team he's like it's all you you know and then at that moment 
you know, I'd been doing, you know, I still did freestyle Greco. I was doing all this kind of stuff and, and I was just not having the success that I really wanted. And I was getting older and I was like, all right, I'm in, you know, and then that, that pretty much how I started, you know, really getting into grappling. Now, when you say grappling, was that like no gi jujitsu or what kind of styles were you Yeah. You, you know, no, no, no gi jujitsu was, is what, what we call grappling in USA wrestling. They kind of UWW, the United, you know, the pretty much the Olympic style freestyle Greco, they have grappling too, that is under their banner. And it's, it's just no gi jujitsu. And I was a straight no gi uh, guy. I, I mean, uh, pretty much my whole life. I, I wasn't. It took me a while to even not want to wear shoes. I was the last guy in every gym. <laughs> I was still wearing shoes. It took a long time. But once once I finally gave them up, I, I, I was good. And and it took a long time for the uh, the gi, too. You know, I was never a big fan of the gi. Uh, but uh, the no gi, was, that was my deal. And uh, that's 100% what I was with grappling. And uh, we, you know, I mean – Really, we were at that time. I was I was hitting uh, all the local circuits. We're doing, uh, and this is even you know, Artie was involved in some of this, you know, and 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 some of the other guys just later was like, we were no geeing at uh, MMA events all over the, the Wisconsin and Illinois. And I mean, XFL. they had. Yeah, they were they would call me like every week. Hey, uh, so and so dropped. Uh, can you grapple this guy? And they wouldn't say it's a grappling match. They would just say modified MMA, and it was really just a grappling match against. Uh, I was going against some boxer that was a, a fighter. You know, I was like, I'll, I'll take this any day. Sure, you know. So it was really good because they let you know I let my wife and everyone in for free. We'd have fun and get to run out the music, and you you weren't gonna get punched. So it actually was just a. We had so much fun. Uh, it was awesome. And sometimes they were so desperate we would have to wrestle our teammates. So I'd have to wrestle one of the guys I was training, you know, I'm like, Hey, let's just, just, just go enjoy the moment, you know? And it, it turned out really fun. So, so that part of uh, the, the grappling really went good. And then when, after uh, Joey had called me and said, you know, USA wrestling was starting a grappling team. Then I, you know, I looked up, figured out, you know, they had some qualifiers and they had a world team trials and, and you're talking, that first year I was there, I mean, you're talking, uh, you know, in my bracket was Dennis, uh, uh, not Dennis. I was, yeah, Dennis Hallman. Um, he beat Hughes in the UFC. Um, and gosh, there was just a ton. If I look back, just a ton of great names, you know, of guy, a lot of guys who ended up in the UFC and ladies, you know, that, that ended up fighting. And, uh, it was just really, you know, it was really awesome um, how it started, and then that I was able to get get involved with it real good. You know. Yeah, it sounds like you got in like right at the ground level. Like your timing was perfect, right? As it was kind of kicking. When off. was this? This was two thousand seven. Two thousand seven oh. was the 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 first year, and and UWW, which was Fila at the time, they uh, they they were running with it. Uh, the Russians 
had a lot of influence because uh, they they have a huge grappling program now. At that time, they weren't like I remember going to Worlds and you know you got a rush and you were happy. You know now you go there, you know you're gonna have a a, a killer. Um, but you had you know it was really the first year 2007. They took the the top three could go. So I took third at the World Team Trials, and uh, uh, actually I had to beat a a former Marine teammate of mine who used to whoop my butt all the time. Uh, he was probably like 27 when I was like 18 and he was, he lost to uh, Rodney Smith in the Olympic trials and he had beat Rodney Smith a bunch of times, but, uh, and Rodney went on to take fourth at the Olympics, but um, Keith Wilson was his name. And, and he was just, I'll be honest. I wrestled him three years and never scored a point on him. You know, we wrestled in practice every day. I never scored one point. He was a, like unbelievable. And then, you know, we had to wrestle at the trials, but this was years later. He was much older. You know, he was on his way down. I was still on my way up. And I, that was the first points I ever scored on him. I took him down twice in that match to win. And uh, then were the first points I ever scored on him. Huh. And he was, he was a guy I always, you know, I looked up to wrestling. He was just a, a just tough, mean, just, but he could, he was one of the best Greco guys around at the time you know he's always one or two in the the uh, usa there at 163 149 and 163 right in those weights he was just just a straight killer and um then he had gotten into grappling too just right at that time and then i had to to get into the third place match i had to beat him and did and, and it was really that was like a defining moment for me like i had stepped over the, the next and and it was really really awesome well and so in 2007 is really what started for me grappling like i had already won a lot of stuff i went to naga you know i was just a natural i remember joey gilbert uh they said hey you're gonna go to this tournament i'm like what tournament i never even heard of a tournament for grappling you know or jujitsu or whatever i had no clue but i went to uh, naga and, and i say they got all these things what should i do he's like you do expert and i went to the first one one expert beat a pretty good Brazilian that had been brought in there that ran a club in Chicago, you know, and they were all mad and they actually, and I remember Joey telling them to announce it's the Mike Kelly rule because there was something about stalling once you got the takedown in guard or something. And, and they, if you ever get a duck, a point deducted for being in someone's guard and they call stalling, that's the rule they put in because me. Cause I kept taking those guys down and they couldn't do anything. And they just, there was nothing they would lose. And then before they never had a stall, you could stay in the garden. I didn't have to really do anything. You know, I could get takedown and then uh, just sit in the garden. There was no stalling. So they, they changed the rule. Like at the probably my second tournament, <laughs> the guy, <laughs> I forget his name. He's got the bald head guy that runs it. He, uh, he uh, yep. changed the rule right there. And I remember Joey Gilbert really screaming at him. That's my Kelly rule. You say that, you say that. <laughs> and uh, so I, I was able to knock off some uh, Brazilians that they had brought in there to run some clubs and coach some guys. And people started, you know, I was like, man, maybe I'm pretty good at this part. And really, you know, not every wrestler is a great jujitsu, but I figured out my own little way. And I always said, I, I, I figured out how to stay in this box and not get out of it. And I, and I utilized the rules and understood everything. Cause they're always, there's different ones that are a little different, but I figured out the, you know, UWW's uh, grappling. And then, you know, 2007 managed to get 
third, and then went to the Worlds and took third there. And it really, USA really dominated. Uh, we won like every every gold, everything, because you could have three deep. And then the next year was Switzerland, and they only went two deep. And I was I managed to make that team, and uh, I didn't place that year. They believe it or not, um, the morning of the Worlds, they changed the rule set, and they took away the takedown point. And it killed me. I mean, that was my, at yeah, that time, I didn't have much else. It, it, it's, it's like, if you're not clearing the guard, and then first round, I had a Japanese opponent who, like, had, like, an insane guard. And there was no way to clear it. And then uh, it ended up, he got a stalling point or something and won. And it, it was really, oh, it really, it really hurt. Uh, and then they went back to the normal rule, the, the, like they had it before, and and for the years after that. But but uh, you know, really, I don't know. USA grappling and that—that's where it really just took off for me. And then uh, you know, just really be able to uh, be in that beginning level, and then like as it goes, and if there's a possibility it will be an Olympic sport in Los Angeles in 2028. Uh-huh. If it does that and they bring it in, there's a good, good possibility from what I'm hearing. Uh, then I'm uh, you know, then that'll really help a legendary status of, cause I have the most no gi world medals in anyone in us history for USA wrestling. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, it kind of showed my ignorance saying no gi jujitsu and you mentioning grappling. Is there a rule difference between them? Like what are, what are some things that are different between the two? Nah, there, there's not much. The main thing is if in, in, in uh UWW grappling, if you pull guard, you're giving up the takedown point, no matter what. So if you pull guard, you're down one zero. Um, but otherwise it's pretty much exactly the same, you know, really it's what? just that guard, the, the initial pull guard. Because I heard similar things with the Abu Dhabi that like they have similar like they you lose a point or the other person gets, like the guard pulling for them I think as well for their their tournaments yeah it's like a negative about. point or something instead yeah mm-hmm. but the, the Abu Dhabi too is a little different just like the grappling is just one five minute period points are scored the whole period where Abu Dhabi different different levels of it they might go a six minute match. The first three minutes are no points. The second three minutes are points in the finals. It might be a 15 minute or the Abu Dhabi's definitely, you know, uh, a time limit. Uh, time plays a lot more where this is one five minute match. It's more like a Naga type situation uh, uh, for the, for the UWW grappling. So now what do you, I mean, uh, what do you do for a living now? Uh, coaching that or what, what is it? No, I teach high school. I teach high school PE. So, huh. so I've been, I've been a teacher for 22 years. I, I taught at elementary school for a long time, which was great because, uh, uh, you know, I could get out and get to uh, practice, you know, why I coached at the college. And then I did, I did teach at uh, UW Whitewater and coach college there for a bit. And then I, I came back up North and I got a job at a high school and I coached the high school wrestling team too. And then uh, I train at a little gym, uh, not too far in Minnesota. Um, 
called Minnesota Mixed Martial Arts with a couple. There's a couple twins, uh, Blummers, and they're uh, they're tough tough guys, and uh, they treat me good, and and it, it's nice. You know, sometimes it's nice to have uh, people that coach me a little bit rather than me coach everyone else. You know, I like to go sometimes and and them guys, you know, I just walked in their gym and just started, Hey, I'm just interested in seeing it, you know? And then we get going there like, Oh man, this guy's really good. And then I'm like, Hey, I just want someone to coach me. You know, I can always learn a little more. I'm just going to do these things here. I'm not here to, to, uh, um, coach you guys or not. And I just, you know, I'm getting ready for an event or whatever and, and, uh, going from there. But I, you know, I, I, I got, I built up a really good high school team. I have, uh, we won state the last couple of years. Oh, I got a, uh, I got a kid who won the worlds in freestyle, a U 17 world champ last year. We went out to Rome and he, and, uh, Koi Hopke, his name is, he's like one of the top recruits in the country. Um, I mean, so I really was able to build uh, quite a program here for high school. I mean, I got my high school guys, a few of them, they're already like college ready. I mean, my guy that won the Worlds, he could he could beat, you know, he'd be All-American in college right now, Division One. I. I mean, he's <laughs> he's the real deal. Yeah. That's great. Joe, you got more I saw you got five to state. Do you think you're going to win again this year? No, well, we we lost to, at the team to get in the team state, but I got we'll we'll do pretty good. I got I could see we could have five in the semifinals real easy at state. So, I mean, we 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 got a, a really good group of you know what I did was I I just my same mentality I've went everywhere with you know hard work pays off, and I push these guys hard. I make them do stuff they don't want to even dream of doing. And those guys are, are, are tougher than the average kids then. You know, I mean, we're doing uh, just insane stuff all the time. I, I, I'm i a PE teacher, and uh, I have them in the, in the fall there before season. If they're in my PE, I just run the PE class like a, a preseason wrestling. You know, we, I, I brought out the tires, sledgehammers. Uh, I'd make them run the cross country trail, do all the tire flips, do all that. All the kids were like, nobody wants to sign up for my classes in the fall. Cause they know it's, it's just preseason training. You want to be a state champ. This is what we do. And, uh, um, you know, I make them get after it and run and lift and do all the right stuff. Okay. Taking wrestling out of the equation, forget wrestling. Uh, for for the, our listeners who aren't really, I mean, they're older, like you know, they're not into that. What do you do personally for your fitness regime? Um, me personally, you know, I still wrestle or grapple every day. I think that's why I love grappling so much, jujitsu or whatever, because it's good for your body. It doesn't hurt as much. The wrestling part's a lot harder because you're not. It's hard to find clubs to wrestle. But it's harder on your body too. Where jujitsu and or, or grappling, whatever, even gi, no gi, it doesn't matter. Just so I I could do it forever and just you lose weight, you feel good. Um, it keeps your body going, and it's and it's not too hard on it. Um, but me personally, you know, every day I lift. I think weights are important. I think weights keep you going too. Um, what's kept me 
my skilled even now, like this year I wrestled Midlands. I didn't do that good. Uh, I don't know if you guys know what the Midlands tournament is. That's oh, yeah. uh, the big one, Chicago. I go, I got those, the first guy to ever wrestle in four different decades this year. I did it in the nineties, two thousands, two thousands, tens, and now twenties. And then uh, I also wrestled at 16 straight times and the most ever at 17. Um, but that, you know, being able to lift and, and I, I think you need some cardio too. So I, I, I got a neighbor guy, uh, his name's Dean Schultz. He's just like a maniac. And I met him, a, you know, I met him when I was younger, but I, when I started moving back up here in, you know, 2015, this guy got me and he was doing these workouts with kids and adults or whatever. And I would go do these workouts with him and he would do these crazy, insane workouts in these parks and running up these stairs and just insane stuff. And, uh, he does a lot of adults there too, but he's, you know, he's done some, uh, kids too. And I'll tell you that there's, just builds good mental toughness. And even as I got older, you know, I would, you know, use his, his stuff to help me train just mentally. I remember like uh, before I'd be going to a world championship or something, he'd be like, yeah, the Russian, you need to, he'd be yelling about the Russians or, uh, you know, somebody as I was doing his deals up these stairs, but he's also, he's a couple years older than me and he would be like winning these things. I'm like, I bring the, you know, some of the top high school kids and he's still beating them, you know, it's like, man, this guy's, he's tougher than hell, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but that mental toughness of it was, uh, just a big thing. And it, and he would get other people, other adults in there too, you know? So it was just good for them. And I think, you know, there's different running aerobic stuff. Um, but he was a guy, you know, he, every year on his birthday, there's these stairs in this woods by his house in this park, but these just, in the middle of nowhere, there's why there's stairs there. I don't know, but there's like 88 of them or something. And if you could go up and down those stairs, say five times in a row and not need a break, you're probably like, you're super good shape. And he will do however, how old he, he is. And, and, and last year he turned 50 and he did 50 of them. <laughs> I was like, wow. I don't remember how long it took him, but you know, uh, one year I brought, brought a bunch of the, the, the high school kids and, uh, we did, we did whatever 49 or 50, whatever it was with them. And, uh, they were hurting, you know, cause if you can, if you could go up and down, you know, five, six times, uh, you're, you're, you know, probably if you did like 10, 11 in a row, you're ready for a marathon. I mean, it ain't, it's, it's, it's tough. Cause when I was in, living in Illinois, I, I would be coming up here and he would always do it on Sunday. And I had a house in Illinois and we were back and forth here at the time. And, uh, uh, he would always do it on Sundays and he would text everyone a mass text, Hey, three thirty workout. And I'd be driving back, you know, and I'm like, man, I could make it, <laughs> but it was just in my head. It was so hard. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't, but I always would guilt me into going that text and I would always go. And I mean, you're talking, this it was it was it was hard man and i was always hoped there'd be some uh slow people so i, I never <laughs> wanted to be last you know but that guy he 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 mentally man he had me scared of of it for a while and then you know you push yourself 
to these dark places. And, and, and he was one of the few guys, like he would bring you to a, like I call it the dark place. You know, you go to that dark place enough, it, it starts getting further and further away. And that's your key when you're competing, you know, you're going to get tired and you hit this dark place and how you react or if you can push it far enough away. And he would bring me to the, you know, he brought me to the dark place quite a few times and, uh, uh, it got where the fear was away from it. And that's what the kids, you know, need a lot when they're training. And, and I'm trying to get them is you get them into this dark place and how they react. And then you can learn from that, you know, some cry, some get mad, some quit, some just give up, you know, you don't know how you'll react, but, but you try to learn to react uh, in a good way, you know, That's interesting that uh, the dark place you're talking about, um, I imagine for every athlete, is it each one has a different point where they're, can you, when you're watching them, do you say, okay, I'm, I, I know I'm hitting this, I can see they're at that limit or they're getting there. Like, how, how do you, how do you read that for your athlete? Well, I, I can read it a lot in a wrestling room is really e- a lot easier and you can sense it. And, and I can, I do my best to make it happen. Say, Say I got a a smaller guy. I, I used to have a guy, 106-pounder walker, real tough. And there was another guy that wasn't that good but was strong and was like 135. So when Walker was super tired, I put that not quite as good guy that he didn't really like, make him go at it, where that Walker was tired but the other guy was heavier and pretty strong but Walker knew he could beat him but didn't want to and just made that him work so much that he it, it like him it would bring out like anger he's like i'm just not i'm hitting that dark place but i'm gonna kill this guy i'm not letting him get me you know and then you could see their reaction and you know they're getting there and some people just when they hit it they just give up and just let people beat the crap out of them turn them over mm-hmm. they just get pinned all the time you know or whatever some people they just stop they can't do no more you know, you, and you, you try to teach them, you try to bring them there. The more times you can kind of get them there, usually the better reaction is going to be. And they learn to deal with it. And then you can explain, Hey, instead of doing this, you just hand fight. You don't, you know, I had a guy, whenever he kind of hit the dark place, he just shoot into the ground and let the guy go behind him, shoot in the ground. Let the guy, it's like, no, just stay in position. It's, you're not, you're, you're fine, you know, or, you know, you just don't want to do anymore. And, and, for me personally, I, I can see it on guys. And usually if you, you know, in a college room or even high school, you can see like when they're ready to start fighting, they're hitting that place where, Hey, they're, they know they're at the end here and, and they don't get mad that someone that they think's better than them is getting the best of them. I so say you put me in that dark place quite a few times and I've crawled. Yeah, no, that was, and that's a, that's, you know, that's what you want to do to to build that next level. You got to go to these places that you don't want to go and you need someone to put you there because you can't do it on your own, you know, and that's like, you know, an old school Dan Gable mentality. You know, that's why he he was a good coach because he could put people in those positions and make them like them, you know, and not be scared to go to those places, you know, and for me, Hey, you know, really not too many people have because I was always coaching but Dean that guy uh down the street he would bring me there through running and 
exercise kind of stuff over wrestling. Wrestling, it might be a little harder to get me there, but uh, you, when you're like, hey, you're going to run these stairs, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, and then that would put me there, and uh, I found the dark place a few times, and I had to defeat it, you know, and push it further back. I mean, even the best of us hit it, and 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 it scares you. Well, I think Tony's, you know, paraphrased to me, but uh, there's someone, there's a very famous coaching phrase that, like, you know, uh, fatigue makes cowards of us all, you know, and um, and that's got to be, yeah, the mental breaking point. Yeah. Um, but it's true when you when you get there and you you don't think you have anything left. It's a scary place, you know, because you're defenseless. Or, or, when, or when you're going down an area that you know in in, in life. In, in a situation that you're uncomfortable with, some guys, there's another expression, ignorance is bliss. Some guys are so ignorant to what they're getting themselves into, they don't realize it, right? But others are cognizant of, uh-oh, I'm in a lot of trouble here. Uh, what do I do? And and Mike's right. Some guys will just fold up. Um, others will, you know, rise to the occasion. And they, you may still fail. You know, you may, you may have, you may be all in, but the, your opponents just just got you, um, but yeah, you're right, Michael. And afterwards, you know, it's a process. You you leave you thinking, what did I just go through? How did I handle this? Did I do good? Did you know whatever? You know, it's it's a personal it's a personal thing. Yes, and it's it's scary for I I know you know me. I'm like thinking, what is he gonna do today? What do we got going on? And uh, and I knew. He's going to push me to my limits, you know, and anytime, you know, people are going to push you to your limits. Now, like most of my kids now, they know, man, they just, they just know how I am. So they're not really scared of like, what's he going to do today? They, like, we've already been through hell and back. Yeah, I don't right. think there could be any worse. Cause I would, I would do things like say we, we do at the end of practice, I say, all right, you got what I have written on the board and maybe be like, 25 push-ups, 25 bench press, 25 squats, 25 deadlifts, 25 curls, 25 kettlebell swings, 25 push-ups, 25 pull-ups, 25 crunches, What all this. And then one day I just put it up. I was like, let's just put it to 50. So there's this, it's all a 50. They do it. And I was like, I'll just put a hundred and see if anyone says anything. No one said a word. <laughs> I don't know it took them an hour to do it all, but I was like, I just wanted to see if they would say someone would be like, Hey man, this guy's crazy. They just yeah. went ahead and did it. Cause they've been through a lot of stuff, you know, uh, a lot of uh, just a lot of tough stuff that I, I felt they needed, you know, and you know, I, my mentality has always been the same. I, I, you know, I just always, you know, I kind of grew up on the Gable, Dan Gable, just, you know, no nonsense, work hard, all those things, you know, and even when I coached at, at Harper with Artie and th those things is like the mentality was uh, we just have to outwork everyone. We've got to be in better shape. We got to do these things. And that's just kind of how I've always taken it and, and push that pace. Even when we, you know, we had old school wrestling over in Illinois, it was like, you know, just a hard pace, um, you know, going to just keep on you type thing that has really done well for me. And it's done well for my kids that 
that I've coached even at the college or the high school, you know, just outworking people and just always trying to push yourself to the next thing and being smart about it. You know, you know, as I've gotten older too, you, you pay attention to your, the guys you're training and you see how they react. And some days, Hey, you don't always have to go, you know, like right now before state, we're not going to go all crazy. We're going to, you know, the crazy days are over. Now we're coasting through and just keeping maintaining to be ready. So there has to be some smartness to it too. Do you find, because I don't, I'm not familiar with your area at all getting recruits in, in essence are kids young young kids interested in wrestling in your area oh yeah there's a lot of kids wrestle okay. uh, a lot of lo- little ones you know and and you know uh, a lot of kids in grappling jiu-jitsu gi no gi a lot of that too yeah you see wrestling was popular see when i was a kid i started boxing before i started wrestling so boxing was always you know probably we were always popular because, you know, I'm older than you guys. So Ali was the champ, but coming from Cleveland, Ohio, wrestling was, was huge. I mean, Ohio is big. St. Ed's yep. high school was year after year, the best in the nation. I mean, you know, yep. um, but I came from a different part of the city, more urban, like ghetto. So boxing was the thing and getting kids to box uh, nowadays it's not, it's not easy. Okay. Kids just don't want, they don't, they don't want to box. Right. But no. they, you're like, you said, they'll do the jujitsu or something great um, or, or high school wrestling, you know, whatever, but boxing kind of, you know, slipped, slipped away, which for me personally, I'll always have a, a deep fondness for, 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 for boxing because that's what started me on all of this before the wrestling even. But so I'm glad to hear though, that the kids up there, are doing the, doing the wrestling. That's just, man, that makes me feel good. Yeah, no, they, there's, you know, I mean, uh, most of the schools here, they have good youth programs. A lot of, you know, they start young. They're, you know, everyone, everyone's kind of laid back until they go to the first tournament. And then, <laughs> then, then everyone gets crazy. The parents get crazy. The coaches, you know, you, you, you're kind of forced to go at a high pace rate because you know it's just people want to win you know and people want their kids to win you know and and even here there's you know i have practices all the time the the youth practices are pretty tough uh um just because we want them to win you know and everyone wants them to win and do their things and and but we have a good amount of youth up here i I, you know maybe there's not a much else to do i don't know but we have plenty of youth it's when they get older keeping them involved but is a little harder but youth wise a lot of kids wrestling so that's i i i'm glad to see that too and i wish there were some more boxing around actually one of my old marine buddies he's he's in uh down by eastern illinois um and he's got a boxing club and he i see he sends me a lot of videos he goes over to must be missouri or Kansas City or somewhere, uh, Golden Gloves and a bunch of tournaments he he brings guys to, and he's got uh, all bunch of different level, you know, age kids in there. It looks like, but but he's been doing doing pretty good, you know, keeping busy with the boxing. Yeah, you know the Golden Gloves. It seems that uh, that really, I don't want to say suffer suffering, but you know the the numbers, um, like yeah. what you know. 
uh, like when I was a kid in Cleveland, it was, you know, we did all that shit. It was convention center, uh, uh, big, big, bigger venues in Chicago. It was like St. Andrew's gym, you know, uh, smaller venues because the numbers just aren't, aren't there. And then back in the forties and fifties in Cleveland, it was always a big thing. I mean, you would have, it would be nothing to have a thousand competitors, you know, yeah. in gloves. Now that, that just, that's just not, it's not happening. And I guess too, cause one of the guys that I train, he's like 50 or yeah, I think he's 50. You know, and he's talking about doing the Golden Gloves at 50. Good for him, right? Um, but, yeah, when I when I was a kid, yeah, they had the novice and they had the open division. But to be honest with you, Mike, I don't I don't remember any 50-year-olds, you know, boxing in the Golden Gloves in, in 19, you know, 1970 or 1975, you know, when I was a young kid. Yeah. So times change, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. you're right on that. Yeah, but you know, it's just interesting to hear your your take on things, and and for more than just one reason, because you're 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 rural now, but you've also had a taste of the city. You know, being in, in the Chicago area, Harper College. Um, I'm familiar with that college. I used to work out of uh, Triton. Okay, okay. Is, you know, and their their head coach Harry McGinnis, who ended up becoming the um, AD over there, uh, just a great guy. Um, really, really good he had some all-americans matter of fact well before his time even tom erickson who yeah is, yeah he's, a, he's as yep. studly as they come he went to he he was an all-american there at triton and shoney carter um you know so yeah sometimes these little schools you know really can produce i mean here kirby puckett yeah hall of famer played baseball at triton so Ju- jucos can really produce some great athletes Oh, yeah. No, we had quite a few at Harper, too. Yeah, I know Harry real good, too. What's oh, that? I love Harry. I haven't seen Harry in a long time because I, I moved out of the area, but my gym opened up because I was training out of there for like four or five years, and I think my last year there, it's hard for me to remember, 2007 maybe? Um, so, or 2005 or 2000. 2006 or something like that, whatever. It's been a long time though, no matter what, but yep. now I don't live around there. So I don't, I don't get the chance, but I, I'd like to stop in one day and just say, hi, I actually even filmed some videos there, a weightlifting video and some uh, wrestling videos there. Um, nice facility. Have you been to the facility? Yeah. Yeah. Actually my, one of my old college roommates is the head coach. Now Harry's still around AD, but uh, one of my old, uh, roommates he's a south side chicago cop he took over there and actually tritons was uh they just won the regional on saturday and because the nationals are in um i think uh two weeks oh great who's what's the guy's name oh cripes i i already you remember i i don't want to duggan yeah, I, I, Duggan's, he was my roommate. His name was just not in my head. And I just saw him at Midlands because he bring a couple guys to Triton. I was warming up and, and, uh, he had a couple kids there. But yeah, Tim Duggan, he's a, he's a, he's a big man. Uh, and, but he was tough in college too. But we were roommates and, uh, in a house with him and, uh, Mike Russo and Paul Chandler. It was, a uh, kind of a wild place. I, I have to stop down. Maybe. Sometime this coming year, I, I can maybe get down there later and just meet meet, meet this guy, Duggins, and you know see 
say, say hello to Harry. Um, I'm sure things have changed since I've been there. Uh, yeah, it was kind of interesting at Triton because they had a lot of hotshot baseball players, you know, uh, kids. Um, yeah. That was their big thing. <clears throat> Nursing program and, and the baseball players. Um, and, uh, yeah, there, there was some – it was interesting in the weight room over there uh, with those kids. Oh, in, I believe that. Oh, you know, it was because, see, the wrestlers, they didn't really – they weren't really big on weightlifting, but the baseball players were kind of forced to lift. Um, and they weren't doing much in the weight room. Uh, you know, and, uh, and I was like powerlifting back then. I was just lifting heavy and, and, uh, and they just weren't you. And I was younger then too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was like 20 years ago, 15, 15 years ago. So, uh, you, I would have thought they would have like been interested in how to get strong. They weren't. They were just like, no, nah, they're just looking for a minor league contract, man. <laughs> That's all they wanted. They didn't want to oh, lift and no. get hurt. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I hear that. Well, it was an interesting day, wasn't it, Joe? We had a great guest on. What do you think? Oh yeah, fascinating. We've been, I mean, we've been going for almost two hours. Long, oh, long Christ. podcast. Yeah, and I and I like I, I still have all these questions in my mind. It's like it keeps opening other layers. It's like oh, as we get deeper and deeper, and it's we have to have them on again. Absolutely. Well, no. there's there's I I I'll be honest. I have a a a, a ton of good stuff too. You know I. I met Corellan out in Russia. I've been to Russia a bunch of times grappling uh, uh, all over uh, Serbia, Poland, a bunch of cool places and uh, got to see, you know, a uh, bunch of different gyms and study a bunch of different techniques with some guys and things like that. So there's a lot, there's a lot to me. Uh, it just takes a while. <laughs> Did you wrestle Tbilisi tournament? I never, I never, I never wrestled that. Okay. No. Not yet, right? Did you know Daryl Goler? No. Okay, because I I coached him. He he wrestled. I'm sure he wrestled to Tbilisi, but he he was all into the um, uh, picking up the uh, Soviet ways of of training Bulgarians. Yeah. More, and I remember. I can remember a, a quick story. They, you know, this TV show they used to have American Gladiators, all these oh, big yeah. hopes and shit. And uh, there was a point where the, the, the contestants had to wrestle, get through them. And they had that big dude who's a judo guy, Mike uh, O'Hearn or something. He's just gigantic. Uh, and Daryl Gola was on. And I'm like, this is not going to be pretty for, for <laughs> Mike O'Hearn, who's a, a pretty boy. And Daryl went through him like a hot knife through butter, man. He just took his ass down. And I was so proud. I'm like, man, now that's wrestling, man. That's just great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Daryl, Daryl was an Illinois guy. Yeah. The, the, uh, the Russians right now, they, they're fully funded. Um, their grappling team now is like fully funded. They, they, they're at their uh, Olympic training center. They got the whole work. So they've been, you know, they've been, whipping butt the last like four years when they're they just said we're going full funding and they they you know they're getting paid to grapple where we're paying our way or maybe getting paid by usa the, the flight or something you know you just don't know and they're making money doing it so they're getting you know some really tough guys but r- real quick on a story uh, yeah speaking of boxing i was in uh i was with rich Tato. we went over to moscow they were having uh I had actually made the 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 world team, but the worlds were later. 
And then it was August in, in Moscow, they were having the veterans. So if you're over like 35 or whatever. So I was like, I'm going to go to the veterans too, you know? And so I went over there and uh, with uh, Rich, he was a referee and we're downtown Moscow. They put us up in a hotel or whatever. And he's Rich had been there before. So he knew where the Olympic training center was. So it was like the day before weigh-ins. So I'm like, let's go over. I want to work out a little bit, make sure my weight's good, do all this. So we go over and the wrestling room's locked. We go up to the coach's room and there's a guy up there and he did, he wouldn't, he, he said they the team, he didn't really know English, but he said the team was in, uh, somewhere else in Russia training before the world's the freestyle. And he would go in the room and we're walking out and a guy was like, you want to train? Come here. And we're like, okay. So we went and he opened the door and it was like the boxing team. Speaking of boxing, so it was where the Russian Olympic boxers go. So the guy's like, come on in. You can train with us, you know. And he knew a little bit of English. There was like 15 guys in there. And he had us on these dots, and we're doing their workout. You know, we're bouncing around, doing all this. I mean, we're going, 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 going. I'm like, holy man, you know. We're bouncing on these dots, doing all these drills, and the coach is getting in my face, you know, and he's screaming at me, and he's like, get going, get going, what are you doing? Like, I'm one of his guys, you know? I mean, he's just, he's all over me, and I'm, like, trying to figure out, and he's screaming at me, swearing and everything, and then we go to the bag, he's doing all this, and then he finally, shit, we went for an hour, hour and 20 minutes, and then he's like, they had some rings set up, and he said, you guys go wrestle in the ring. So we went and did some drills in the ring, you know, our wrestling. She weighed in on like three under. The next day, I go to get out of bed, and I can't even move. My calves were so sore. I was like, what the hell? I, I like, literally couldn't even walk. Because we bounced for an hour on. They had, like, a, these dots. And he would just be like, switch, switch. And he just was screaming. And it, it actually, it, it turned out it was a great story. I ended up winning. uh real easy but uh but it was just insane that the guy the, the whole boxing thing how it worked out and uh yeah it's an interesting because it's a different type of conditioning like you talk about that bouncing so i had so many guys today at that seminar i was doing i'm all tangled up here uh doing some of that boxing thing and it's it's different so when i like if i'm in wrestling mode i'm i'm, I'm coaching one way if i'm in boxing mode it's you know it's just but yeah it, it, it is pretty like I'll, I'll go to a gym and I'll see people do now. They're not fighters, but just like a, a gym, gym, a fitness gym. And they're, they're doing stuff that I'm like, wow, that shit looks really tough. You know, yeah. there's just oh, so yeah. many different ways. Huh? My legs, my legs hurt for like three days after the calves. Cause we were oh, literally yeah. on our toes for 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, we were, that's weird. You bring that up. Cause we were, I was just talking to the guys today about that, about how you have to stay on the balls of your feet. No, don't be flat foot. Uh, yeah, it's it's really different, but we got to have you back on because we can we can dig deeper. And there's guys that I probably know that you and I know in common, wrestlers. Um, uh, first one I think older. of is Shoney. Huh? First one I think of is Shoney. You know, a funny story about Shoney, Shoney. is <laughs> I, I I was in Gilbert grappling and I had my nephew with me, and and we're wrestling, you know, no no no, and. Uh, when we're left, uh, um, my nephew was like, he was like eight years old at the time or whatever. We we're driving home. He's like, hey, that guy that 
the the one guy you're going with, he came and sat by me, and he's like, "Who is this old guy? He, I can't, I, I don't think I can take much more of him." And uh, and I, I had no clue what it was. And then the next time he came in, I was like, "Joey, who's this guy?" And they're like, "Oh, that's Shoney Carter." And then I then I'm like, "Oh man, I feel pretty good." <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's a tough guy. I I, I love Shoney, and I still see him. Actually, I he's probably like. Maybe last year I seen him. I was grappling at a tournament uh, down in Chicago. I just drove down, jumped in a tournament, and uh, he was in there, you know, uh, grappling and and still looked like he was doing pretty good. So he's done more fights probably than anybody that I've ever known or even heard of. I mean, everything from judo. Uh, well, he was a world team member wrestling. You know, I don't I don't think he boxed, but he did like kickboxing and shidokan and uh, sanshao, whatever. All these, you name it. Sean's yep. probably done it, and you know, um, I love the guy. You know, and we yeah, always he's say, a great guy. "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." He he keeps saying we, him and I got to hook up. So I I I, I wasn't able to for years because I was taking care of my mother. But now you know, maybe this summer I'll drive down to Chicago and then I'll just hang out for a few. Bring Joe along because Joe, you've never met Shoney, have you? Well, he was. I was just gonna say he was. I think the first guest we had on the show when we started having guests way back. And yeah, but I, have you ever met him? Not in person, no. Yeah, you're gonna, you'll get a kick out of him. He's a character, man. <laughs> yeah, he, he is. He he is, and you won't be bored. And and make sure you have time, okay? Because you can't spend five minutes with Shoney, okay? It don't work that way. No. All right, pack a lot. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, well, then, all right. Artie, there, he always tries to get me into stuff. He called me one day. He's like, "I'm going to combat wrestling." He's like, "You should go." <laughs> I'm like, I looked it up. I'm like. Yeah, I'll show up. Sure enough, uh, that I owe already there. I got a two world medals out of it, and made a world team because I won the. I took second in my weight and then uh, third in absolute. And uh, I wouldn't even have thought of doing it, but already brought it up and uh, made me go. <laughs> That's excellent. Which, which was well, just, everybody. I guess we're going to uh, sign off now because it's. Uh, but we're going to have Michael back on whenever he can later this summer uh, or spring, whatever. I'm all mixed up on the seasons. But, Joe, do you have any – I mean, I just want to thank everybody for watching and, and listening and everything. Um, uh, but, Joe, do you have any closing uh, things? No, just it was gr- great having you on, Mike. Oh. And, and like I said, yeah, yeah I, I, we just scratched the surface here. You can tell the depth of your stories. Uh, so – um, yeah, I can't wait to have you back on and get part two of this. So, because we and hook up with us next time you're in Chicago, let us know or let Artie know, and we'll all get together and just go for pizza or something. I, I'm in for that. I appreciate everything and I getting on the show. And uh, yeah, next time I get down quite a bit, so uh, I'll get down there and uh, meet up with you guys. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I got a spare room. You got a, you got a place to stay here at my house, man. I got a spare room, so if that's a, if that's a thing that you need a place to crash, you got that, man. We'll hang out. But yes, let's do it. Perfect. Uh, you betcha, and 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 you know that'll be great. Um, and and everybody else that's watching or listening, man, thank you, thank you, Artie. And Artie's the man that's that's handling the uh, the social media for for me. Um, he's been doing it for about a month month or so. So we're going to be experimenting with things. Um, and Artie's open for ideas too. But uh, but anyway, I want to thank everybody, and I will see you guys next week. Right, Joe. See you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. (laughs) Awesome. All right.
Thank <laughs> you. 